Welcome to the Travel Tales Podcast. The winners are the, the people with the most stories. One of the great things about traveling is the people that you meet. I've slept in bus stations, like yeah. I've slept on people's floors. And it's already on fire, and then there's just a gigantic, huge explosion, like out of a Hollywood movie. It's not right or wrong, it's just different. We hired like 10 Chinese prostitutes to come be our audience. We were kidnapped by nuns in Puerto Rico. <laughs> not a good idea to be high when you're packing. You forget a lot of stuff. I got swine flu. By the time you've lived through it, it's just a good story. Hey everybody, welcome to the Travel Tales Podcast. My guest today is Valerie Wilson. Before we get to Valerie, I have some announcements to make. Let's talk about the website, shall we? That's TravelTalesPodcast.com. You can go there, you can see photos of our guests, you can see stories that they've written, stories that I've written. You can see links to their social media, you can see links to our social media. And by social media, I'm talking Instagram. That's Travel Tales Podcast on Instagram. Travel Tales Pod on Twitter. Links to our Facebook page. And there are links to Stitcher Radio and Apple Podcasts where you can subscribe to this show for absolutely nothing. Try to beat that price anywhere. I dare you. Please give us a good rating. That helps more people find the show because it boosts our presence and that's a cool thing to do. So why don't you do that for us? If you want to write me, it's TravelTalesPodcast at gmail.com. That's TravelTalesPodcast at gmail.com. So another year's gone by the wayside. I'm not sure how you spent your Christmas and New Year's Eve out there. I was on a ship for about seven weeks straight. I was only home back in L.A. for about seven days out of seven weeks. It was a long run over the holidays, and I'm not going to lie to you, it felt long. It was all down in the Caribbean or Caribbean, I don't care how you say it, performing stand-up on cruise ships. And to be perfectly honest, by the end of it, I was pretty uh, burned out. Pretty burned out from being on the ship burned out from cruise life. When I tell people I'm working on a cruise ship, they seem to envy me in some way. They're like, oh, it's got to be a constant vacation. And what I try to tell them is I don't lead a life that I really want to take a vacation from. This particular run felt long. I don't know why this one felt longer. I had longer stretches in Alaska for a summer, but that didn't seem as long. Maybe because I think I like Alaska better. Well, I know I like Alaska better in terms of cruising on it, because uh, I can always just walk off the ship in Alaska and go straight into the mountains and take wonderful hikes in clean Alaskan air. It's quiet. It's peaceful. Beautiful, really. Whereas the Caribbean is designed for people who live in horrible weather to escape the winter and basically just go sit around a pool or beach or whatever and do nothing. Drink as much as they can. The locals know it and act accordingly. There's a lot of tourist traps down there. And quite frankly, I like the weather in the American Southwest uh, much better. Growing up in Chicago and living in New York, the Caribbean had a lot more appeal to me when I was scraping ice off my windshield every day. But now that I don't, I just go to Florida and the Caribbean and just go, ugh, humidity, bugs, hurricanes. I don't know. I think California has ruined me in more ways than one. And speaking of immigrants to L.A., Today's guest is Valerie Wilson. She's the creator of the travel website TrustedTravelGirl.com. She's a writer, a blogger, an influencer, 
a producer, a TV host. She wears a lot of hats, which is what you got to do these days. She works really hard. She's determined to be a host on television, and uh, I don't doubt that she's going to make it. She started a website about five years ago, and it's gone very well. She's done a lot of things since then. And when we recorded this, she was about to give her first presentation ever at a travel and adventure show in Boston. But she has a lot on her plate, and I was fortunate that she came by and squeezed me into her busy schedule. I had never really met her before, so it was nice getting to know her. And I think you'll like getting to know her, too. So please enjoy my conversation with the trusted travel girl herself, Valerie Wilson. Valerie Wilson, tell me about your website. Why did you start it? How long have you been doing it? Okay. I have trusted trust, travel girl. Trusted travel girl. I have been doing it for five years this month. Five years. Yeah. That's, Crazy. Yeah, right? it flies by, doesn't it? It does. Like it feels like yesterday that I was sitting in the office cubicle making my business cards for trusted travel girl and not doing my work. <laughs> <laughs> what was your work? Uh, I was in staffing, but only for like a couple months. Okay. Yeah. So you came <laughs> So you're originally from the East Coast. I'm from upstate New York, Saratoga Springs, oh, where beautiful. all the horses race. Sure. And then I went down to Clemson for college. Now, how does that happen? How does yeah. a Yankee go down to Clemson? And were you called a Yankee every time? I was called a Yankee yeah. every, every day. Time. Every day. Every day. For Now, I feel like it's not so hard for the Northerners to go down there because it's like... Everybody's paying attention to the football team yeah. now. Oh, and you're so wearing your championship so, hat, by the way. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. 44 to 16, I think Yeah, it was. I think we also... <laughs> did you go to the game? I did go to the game. Oh, oh how my did you gosh. get in? Oh, I, I... Well, one of my friends is in the booster club, so ah. I, I bought my ticket through some girlfriends that, you know, and I went with her and some other friends and her husband and their family. So. Well, why, why Clemson? Did, did they have some kind of program that you were... Some program for Yankees? Yeah. <laughs> Yankee exchange program? Uh, yeah, no, they had, uh, they did. It was, it was a good lesson on like, you know, I think I needed my passport to go down there initially <laughs> back in the day. Uh, no, I wanted to go to Boulder because I was a big skier, Right. but in-state tuition for people from Colorado, where I was not from was $7,000 and it was $34,000 for out of state per year and my parents were like absolutely yeah, not there's like zero justification for that <laughs> and they're like all you're gonna do is blow off school and ski which is probably true yeah they're not wrong. um so then they were like pick a school in new york or florida because that was where i had in state and and you picked neither i <laughs> you went to I south carolina neither. they like forced me to go to this school in florida and i hated it and i came home after a semester and I was like, where am I going to go now? Which one was it? The Florida State University or Florida? of North Florida in Jacksonville. No, no offense to Of all of them, there. you picked that one? I didn't pick it. My mother picked it oh. because for some reason they put me in the honors program. For some reason. Well, yeah, I was not an honors <laughs> student. I was like a good student, but I was not okay. an honors student. And, um, and then I did really well, like my first semester of college. And I just started applying to transfer. And I was like, oh, I heard some people talk about this Clemson place. And I looked it up. And back in the day, they had a 360 degree 
online like campus tour that you could take. It was very revolutionary wow. at the time. Like none of the other websites and schools had that. I was like, ooh, I was like, these buildings look nice. This looks like what I always pictured college to look like. <laughs> so I went there based on the fact that it looked like what you imagine college to look like as opposed to where I was right. before. But yeah. did you still have to pay out-of-state tuition though? Um, the, we, uh, my parents, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> my parents bought me a townhouse. So uh, we like, okay, no, skirted that. Good. I became a resident. So okay. I was a South Carolinian Yankee, ah, but at least they knew you couldn't ski there and be distracted. Yeah. That sucked. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, that was my first solo. So trusted travel girls all about solo female travel and off the beaten path travel. But my first real solo trip was went to Breckenridge for the weekend by myself. Okay. Yeah, now, Breckenridge is great. Yeah. It's great. Like I said, I had a friend, we were talking about this off um, before the show, that I had a friend who moved to Keystone. After college, he was that guy, because I'm from Illinois, and flat as a pancake, but his family skied, and he, he said, we're, as soon as he graduated, he threw everything in his truck, went to Colorado, got a job at Keystone. I think he worked in catering. And Sounds he was like, like a, a smart friend. He was like a waiter, and he ended up being there 12 years, but that was the first time I went skiing. I mean, I, I went in Wisconsin. That's where I learned, which is nothing. Is there any mountains there? there hardly. <laughs> Mountain is a strong word. <laughs> you have like a and, slight grade. And I thought, I thought that's what skiing was. It was like five minutes down the hill and then you wait back in line again five minutes. Yeah, and you then go when out I, west and I visited just... him out there and I was like, oh, this, this is, is skiing. skiing. <laughs> I get it now. <laughs> yeah, gotta, well, on the East Coast. You stop gr- halfway through. Yeah, to it's, catch your breath. Oh. I mean, legs are burning. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, on the East Coast, we just, you know, we thought skiing on ice was kind of what you did. They just kind of hose it down and let it freeze. Right. They're skiing in upstate New York, right? <laughs> yeah, there's And skiing. Vermont. I yeah, mean. I used to go to Killington and Whiteface. I learned at a place called Gore, and then I used to race in high school. So I used to wow. think I was Bodie Miller. I did not go quite as fast. <laughs> <laughs> so you do, do you still ski? I do. I love it. It's one of my favorite things. If I wasn't traveling, I would probably be a ski bum. Okay, well, let's get to the, uh, the website then. So you were on, you were, had a regular job. I what did. brought you to LA? Why LA? Uh, like entertainment a long time ago. I used to like act and do all that. I gave it a little, I gave it a little, I gave it a little whirl for a minute. (laughs) And then I was, um, so basically I had gotten sick with Lyme disease, like during college and went home, lived back with my parents for a really long time. And then finally went back to school, finally finish up, finally get my degree five years late. Wow. And I was like, I just want to get back to California. So I got back out here. And then that was when I was working this job that I hated. And I was like, what the heck did I get better for <laughs> if I'm sitting in an office miserable, like day in and day out? And everybody was like, I don't think this is what like you're supposed to be doing. Like you should be doing something in travel. So I was always traveling. And then I was watching Andrew Zimmern on Bizarre Foods one day and after my miserable job. <laughs> and I want to eat like, that insect wherever he is. Yeah, and I was like, I should marry travel and entertainment. I'm going to get a travel show. <laughs> so I started my website as kind of like a gateway to working towards that. And now I'm pitching a show next month. And Congratulations. Thanks. Well, don't congratulate me yet, but we'll keep my fingers crossed. No, right so this, is, this might come out afterwards, so yeah. I'm congratulating you. I'm, I'm, I'm projecting. Like putting it out there. Yeah, that's right. right. Putting like it out that. in the universe. I like that. How does one get Lyme disease? It's a tick-borne disease, right? It is. Actually, I never even found a tick on me. So I, I, my theory on it is that I used to play in the woods all the time when I was a little kid. I think I like had it and it was dormant. I was really stressed out at school. 
Oh, and it all... It kind of can come out like with stress and they gave me steroids for like, a, I don't know, tendonitis or something stupid and it kind of all just happened at once. Oh, that sounds rough. Yeah, it wasn't fun. I went a year and a half undiagnosed. Nobody knew what was wrong with me. They just thought I was crazy. You were just a drag? <laughs> just a drag to be around? <laughs> I was just really tired all the time. Well, Valerie's no fun. What's wrong with her? <laughs> oh my gosh, yeah, no. Even my parents thought I was nuts and then I finally got a diagnosis and they're like, oh... Okay, mm. there's something wrong with you. Yeah. Okay. We'll let you stay then. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it was, it's, it was a tough fight, yeah. So what were the first big, other than, okay, your first solo trip to Breckenridge, mm-hmm. what were, was there one travel moment that you went, aha, this turned the corner, this made you change your, yeah. your whole view? Yeah, so I went to Italy, uh, no, I went to, my first like real trip was London and Paris when I first was like kind of sick and I was just like, not sure what was wrong with me. I was just kind of trying to push through everything. And that like really opened my eyes to the world. And then, um, then I did a study abroad when I got better and started going back to school and I did a summer thing in Italy, Greece and Egypt, or sorry, Italy, France and Spain. And then I went to Egypt and Greece and Italy and that was kind of it for me where I just had this bug and I just wanted to travel all the time. But for me, it was really the Egypt thing. They were rioting when I was there. It wasn't great. It wasn't a great time to be there. Was but this I the came, Arab Spring? This was like it, 2011, It was 10? 2011. Yeah. And I came back and everything you were seeing on TV was a little bit more dramatic than what was actually happening when you were there. And for me, that was kind of when I realized the news is a form of entertainment it's not just straight news. They have to like Welcome keep you to Hollywood, <laughs> have my to friend. keep you engaged. Yeah. And, and get clicks. People are not their government. And it that was when it all clicked and I and I just said, "Wow, there's all these cool places that I can go to where people are telling me I shouldn't go." And I was like, "I want to go to more of them." <laughs> so I went to Turkey. And everybody's like, you're going to die. Like, In Turkey? <laughs> everybody's like, all these bad things are going to happen to you. And I yeah, went, I had always, the best time. That's always from people who've never been anywhere. Exactly. You know what I mean? That's the, the, they're the most afraid. Afraid? Come on, Mike. Afraid. Let's use our English now. Uh, yeah, they just, they're the most fearful. They are, and they make everybody else scared, and then the news makes you scared, and everything else, and really, like, there's nothing to be afraid of in 99% of the places that you could ever go on this planet. So were your parents always pretty encouraging about this, or do they think you're nuts? <laughs> well, Speaking of fear, do they I worry? think it took me a year to tell them that I went to Turkey in the first place. <laughs> uh, I think I told them about a year later. <laughs> so, I, I mean, they weren't it's probably super encouraging. After they saw the photos you posted? I, you know, I like told, I didn't put it on social media. I told anybody that knew that I was there not to tell my parents. Um, and my mom actually called me when I was there, which I don't know how I hid the phone bill from her now that I think about it. <laughs> she was paying she my phone the, bill. Are you in a bazaar? What's going well, on? She hears like the, the like very whimsical horns in the background. She's like, I heard, and I'm like, I'm going, oh my God, I'm busted. And then she goes, oh, isn't your show about to be on? Whatever yeah. show yeah, I used to watch. The really loud here, Mom. <laughs> Is that a like, whirling dervish I hear? <laughs> She's like, I'll let you watch your show. And I was like, yeah, 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 I got to go. Bye. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Take the big hit off the shisha. Shisha? What is it? Shisha? Uh, 
you're the hookah, the, the, hookah yeah. but I don't what it, yeah. shisha is the other I think that's it, right? word for it, correct? Yeah. I think so. Um, okay. So of those trips, was there ever a moment on those early trips that uh, any scary moments? What was like a big travel mistake you made? What was a learning experience? Oh, n- Did none you get of, lost? Uh, you any, know, any none robberies? Of, no. So none of those. Actually, the first and only time I was ever robbed was when I was not traveling alone. Because when you travel alone, you're really mindful of yourself yeah. and the people Your around head's on a swivel. you. Yeah, yeah, you're really paying attention. No, I had a a very nice ex boyfriend whom I'm, I feel bad, but he's going to be the butt end of this story. Okay, <laughs> he hadn't really traveled and he wasn't really paying attention. And his backpack gets stuck in the metro door in Italy. (laughs) And so instead of paying attention to myself and my purse, I'm now concerned about the boyfriend that I have that's stuck in the metro door. Well, there's a little kid going through my purse Mm. while I'm turned around trying to help him out. What does he do? He finally gets the door open and lets the kid run off with my phone. (laughs) (laughs) So there was a little meltdown after that. that And that's why he's an ex. And that's why, yeah, that probably is why he's an ex. (laughs) Um, No, the only like really stupid, I mean, I've had cards stuck in the ATM machine you know you're tired don't go to the ATM when you're tired and jet lagged like save it for the next day um I've done that twice left the ATM taken the money but left the card um but I was in Cuba also jet lagged and um it was my first trip it was before a lot of people were going and I was like looking for cigars or something I don't know so some guy tells me to go down this street to like where they're selling these. I have no idea. So I'm like, oh, that's a good idea. It's getting dark out. I'm going to go down a back alley. Cool. So some guy, <laughs> some guy comes up to me and he goes, oh, hey, where are you going? And I'm like, who, who the heck are you? Oh, I, I work at your hotel. You're staying at Ambos Mundo. So I'm like, oh, he must be a great guy. He works at my hotel. He saw me check into my hotel, mm-hmm. saw that I was alone. And then now takes me into like some back alley to go buy cigars. And I was, I've never been so scared in my life. I like just gave them, I knew they were fake. I gave them the money, took them and got out of there and like went barreling down the street by myself. How much money was it? Oh God, like a hundred CUC, which is a hundred dollars or maybe 200, which was a lot at the time. Yeah, that is. Yeah. That's like a year's salary in Cuba. Yeah, it is. It really is. And it was, it was a lot for me because you had to go with all cash. So it was, you Did know. you go, did, when did you go? What year did you go? Oh, what was it, 2015 maybe? Okay, so you went, it was you, illegally. I went legally. Okay, I went was, illegally. I, <laughs> was it 2015 that the... I don't know, I, yeah. I went like 2010 or something. Okay, or, or so maybe. you went the cool way. Oh, well, yeah. But I when was, I went there, I had to sneak there, in was, through Cancun. I was still the like only American that yeah, I yeah. saw there. Yeah, you have a, um, so you got a, you actually had a visa. I did. It was right after Obama changed the yeah, laws. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I had to go buy a quote unquote tourist visa in Cancun for like twenty five bucks. So did they stamp your passport, or no. did they just stamp that card? They stamped that little piece of paper. Okay, because I heard when I was doing a little research beforehand before Obama changed any of the laws, I was looking at going, and I heard like it kind of depends on who you get when you go through customs. Like they might just stamp your passport. Then you're in a and little bit what? of trouble. I don't know. I heard <laughs> I heard I you get a letter from the government and they say, we heard you went to Cuba, like you have to pay a fine or something. Oh, but I if you don't rum. respond, they're oh, not no. going to like 
apparently they're not going to do anything. I don't know. I thought it doesn't it was matter eye-opening. anymore. I thought it was amazing. I was only three nights in, in Havana, but I, I thought it was really amazing. It's one of my favorite countries. And minus the whole cigar fiasco, yeah. which was stupid. There was nothing to be afraid of. There's like no guns there. Did you even smoke it? I smoked a lot of cigars, but not the fake ones. I think I gave them to somebody. So you absolutely knew they were fake. Oh, yeah. yeah okay. Yeah, yeah. So you gave them away, but you told them they were actually real. No, no, so I don't even think I did that. Quote, unquote, wink, wink, Cuban cigars. <laughs> I paid $200 for these. I think I met some other tourists, and I was just okay. like, here, I bought these fake cigars. Don't do this, but I'm not going to bring them home. <laughs> I thought it was a really cool thing that. One thing that really stood out to me there was that there was no advertising anywhere. And we're so used to it here and inundated with it in our faces all day long. But when they you, advertise their love well, it's all the government. Well, it's all propaganda. <laughs> yeah. But there's not, uh, we're so used to every just movies and yeah, products absolutely. and things and Coke and Sony and whatever mm-hmm. it is. And there was none There was of that. nothing. No, there's nothing. like no brands. Yeah. And that was fascinating. And, and it's only until you go away and away from it, you realize... Wow, it's everywhere. It's really everywhere. I mean, that's what I loved about it so much. It's one of the few places left on the planet that you can actually go to and not see a McDonald's or a Starbucks. It's like a time warp from 59. It's like time stopped. It really did stop. And it's been really interesting because I've gone back several times and basically they got the internet overnight. Yeah. So we went, we like gradually went through this process. there now, right? There are, there are. There's okay. Air, there's yeah, Airbnb, there wasn't when I went. But when I mean, do you remember we started with dial-up over here? Yeah. But they went straight to Wi-Fi in their parks. <laughs> so, so I just can't imagine what it must be like to go from none of this to Instagram. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's mind blowing for me for me to even comprehend. Were you staying in the uh, people's homes? Did you stay? In- I did. I've yeah, done. Right? I've done the hotel. I've done staying in people's homes. Um, yeah, it's it's really interesting. You've got to be really careful when you pick a place there. It's some of the <laughs> some of the places haven't seen any renovations since '59. Oh, no, yeah. um, I had one light working light socket in mine. Oh, I had one ele- like yeah. electrocute me. I got zapped. <laughs> zapped. Literally, I couldn't let go of the. I went to plug something in and I couldn't let go. I got you know, shaken up a little bit. Have you been all around the island or did you, I was just in Havana. I have. I've been everywhere except for Santiago. Okay. So Santiago de Cuba. So I've been everywhere else pretty much. Um, actually, last time I was there, I interviewed Che Guevara's son. Wow. Yeah. And he is pretty cool. He actually um, is a capitalist. Hmm. So a little Admittedly. interesting. I mean, I didn't like, I had to skirt a lot of questions. Sure. However, um, he gives motorcycle tours all around Cuba. So he has his own business, Smart. which is really cool. Yeah. Motorcycle diaries. Motorcycle diaries. I asked him if he got his love of motorcycles from his father, and he said no, <laughs> which I thought was really interesting. Hey, capitalist, bad answer. <laughs> so, <laughs> Let's do some marketing 101 here, fella. It's, uh, just say you did. Right? And then. Yeah. Um, and put his face on the t shirt. It was really weird, though, because it was like being with a celebrity. Everybody was waving at him and coming up to him. And when I was coming to meet him, I asked if he was there. And the woman like pointed at her own shirt and was like, like his like his son. And I was, yeah, yeah. She goes, oh, no, he's not here yet. Because apparently <laughs> everybody knows who he is. Sure. How, so. how is your Spanish these days? My Spanish is terrible. And I tried to learn Italian and... Basically, I just stopped trying to speak either one of them because then I started getting confused because yeah, they're so similar. Yeah. 
you know, I'm not good with the languages. I can like count to 10 in Korean and say thank you in a bunch of <laughs> Asian languages. Well, we live in LA. If you're going to learn one, I, I would take the Spanish over I, the I mean, I, it's Italian. enough to get me by and I can negotiate and have conversations. Well, Cuba, I found very was... Very remedial yeah. conversations. If you didn't speak, you know, Cuba could be a little difficult. Yeah, Cuba's definitely difficult if you don't speak it. Luckily, I speak, you know, like a couple of things. I can ask how much things are or... How much for the 200? Is cigars are 200, <laughs> you say? Deal! Those people happen to C. speak great English. <laughs> yeah, they knew who their I target audience did. was. I bet they did. I was like, that's the last time I go for, <laughs> for a walk down a dark alley when I'm jet lagged. <laughs> well, how are they good? So did you just go on your own? I to, did. So did you set up this interview all on your own through the website? Um, I actually reached out to them directly and asked to to meet. I wanted to film, but I kept getting yes and no answers. And then then I got a, uh, well, God, I, I hope I can still go back after I tell you this story. <laughs> <laughs> I, I they, they said no, then they said yes, then they said you have to throw out all these questions. And I said, okay, how about we just have lunch? Then I couldn't film then they're getting not getting back to me about whether or not we're even meeting. And then I'm at a hotel in um, Parque Central in Havana, and I'm with a friend, and I get the email, because that's one of the only places that had Wi-Fi, and she said, oh, like, come meet us for lunch, his wife. And I said, well, I just missed, you know, I just got, I just missed your your email, so I call. She gives me a phone number. I call from my friend's cell phone, my Cuban friend's cell phone, and she's, she's like, oh, I'll call you right back to find out if we can schedule for tomorrow. And my friend takes me outside of the hotel and says, oh, my gosh, like, don't you know the government's going to be watching you? And like when you go to meet him, all eyes are going to be on you. You could be getting yourself into all this trouble. And then the phone rings. And it's her calling back. And I said, oh, what do I do? And my hands are sweating. What do I do? Do I do it? And he picks up and says, hello, and hands me the phone. And I said, well, what the? And he goes, well, I don't know. Don't listen to me. I'm just a paranoid Cuban. <laughs> and I was like, so I went to go meet them, and I was all nerved up after this. <laughs> but everything was fine. They're lovely, lovely people. Just totally normal people with a, you know, a famous history yeah. father figure it's funny the cubans i found they do they do the best with what they have which is not much they're they, great at improvising yeah which they have to be but they had a great spirit about them i thought oh yeah you know. and it's so nice to see kids play and go outside and you know we you know that's all that they have so that's what they go and do we don't see that as much anymore and you don't see you don't realize that your kids aren't doing that until you go to another place where kids go outside and like play in the dirt and right. do things that I, at least and I grew up doing. at a screen Exactly. All day long. I know. Now if you don't give your kid the iPad, they scream really loud. <laughs> do you have uh, any countries that you ever got in trouble, like with the police or the law or border Ooh. security, airport security? Ever had to bribe anybody? No, I've never had to bribe anybody, but I always have bribing money on me <laughs> just in case. I always keep a couple crisp 20s and a hidden 100 just in case I have to bribe somebody. I'm going to start with the 20s, you know. I'm not right. going to give it, give <laughs> it all away. over this 100 to get to the... Right, that one stays at the bottom. It's just... <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I haven't had to bribe anyone. I actually just was told not to go through Gatwick Airport anymore by their like version of TSA. What? Really? Basically, huh? They weren't happy with me. 
I had all my stuff packed. You know, I travel all over in a carry-on bag, and I had everything done the way. No, it wasn't. It was, but it's. It was just no. It was their security. So I'm changing planes, and I had to go. You know, through the security. So I had something. They were mad about my liquids. And I didn't have them in the bag the way that they... So then they start pulling out things like mascara. Like, that does not count. (laughs) So basically, she restuffed my bag and told me I had to put all these other things through there. So I I go through security like 800 times just trying to get to my flight. Basically, they made me go rescan myself at least a half a dozen times. And I did everything right. and, And it beeps again. And I was just like, I'm never going through this airport ever again. And the lady started yelling at me that she didn't want me to go back through the airport again either. Yeah. <laughs> Likewise, lady. <laughs> and then I had people walking up to me on, in secret. On the, they were like, yeah, that happens to us all the time. Don't worry. <laughs> oh, no. So I was glad I wasn't the only one. But no, <laughs> you're going through London. Just bring your patience. How about your worst flight? Do you remember that? Any scary moments scary moments uh yeah actually well so turbulence doesn't bother me so much i'm a nervous flyer because i i'm a product of 9-11 i was there right after it happened i know you know i graduated with a girl that lost her dad in one of the buildings uh and i've probably watched way too much footage and too many stories so i always get like a little bit nervous but not really when it comes to turbulence i had a flight that was about we were about to be wheels down in Charlotte any second. We were we could have only been a couple feet off of off the runway from landing. And all of a sudden the engines rev up and we take back off. And my initial I, I mean my heart sunk to my stomach. I turned my phone on, started to like text my mother. I'm like, who's flying the plane? <laughs> well, apparently it happens all the time, especially in Charlotte. And uh, there was another plane on the runway, so we would have collided. So oh. the, they just had to take back off. But so that was probably the scariest, and it's happened b- since. But um, that was probably uh, the scariest thing that ever happened to me. So when you started the site, I know you're with uh, your manager and all this other stuff. One of the things everybody says, well, if you're going to do this, what's your hook? What's your angle? What's your thing? So. What was your purpose statement when you started this? Off the beaten path, because that's what I do. I love to get off the beaten path, which is now the theme of every press trip I go on. (laughs) So a little less original now. And solo female travel, which now is a thing everywhere. Everybody is a solo female traveler. But when I started, everybody thought I was weird. <laughs> they, they were, now you see us all on Instagram. They might, before, hey, they might still think you're weird. They probably, I mean, they think I'm weird probably for other reasons. But, but they, they would be like, oh my God, you're, you're alone? Where's your boyfriend? Where's your husband? Where's your the friends? Like, don't you have any friends? And I feel like, yeah, I have friends. But really, in this aren't your friends they're fl- saying that to you? Aren't your friends flaky? Mine are. Yeah, right. So after you know, after being sick and and dealing with all, I got sick of waiting to live my life, and I got sick of waiting. I'd go to book something, and somebody'd say they'd get back to me, and I'd find this great deal, four hundred dollars round trip to Timbuktu. And uh, nobody would get back to me. Next thing you know, the flight's $1,400. And back then, I couldn't afford to just book any flight. I had to book the good deals. And that was kind of 
how I picked a lot of the destinations that I would go to. I'd be like, oh, I found a good deal here. I guess I'll try it out. Yeah, I've, uh, that's one thing we've talked about you know, for years on this program. I've, I've said that for years. If I waited for someone to go with everywhere, I wouldn't would have gone. never been anywhere. So uh, that's a lesson you learn early on. And then and doing stand-up kind of taught me how to travel the country alone by myself. And I was like, well, I can handle this. And then I took my first solo trip to Australia, which is a nice starter. It is. It's a because, good waiting yeah. pool. That's how I felt about London. It's not a culture London. shock. Yeah. It's not a language problem. It's, you know, it's exactly. easy. It's easy. And I was like, oh, I can handle this. And then you start getting a little more exotic. And Exactly. You, you just take it in bites. Yeah. Next thing you know, you're in Cambodia by yourself. And, <laughs> and, just, and you're fine. And doing fine. And, and you're fine. fine. You can communicate even if you don't speak the same language. Sure. Somehow it just works out. Especially now we have this thing in our hands all day. And it's a map. Oh, oh thank God. It's yeah. a map. It's a translator. It's a calculator. It's a currency it's a, converter. It's, it's a GPS. It's a it's, phone. It's a phone. It's, it's even a phone. phone. I can actually can call talk people. to someone on it. So we have a lot of advantages that people didn't have 10, 15, even Oh, my God. If I told you how I backpacked ago. around Europe after college, you'd be like, what? I mean, it, it, it was a little bit more. I was cashing more... traveler's checks. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Well, I still get questions. Some people still message me. Do I need to bring traveler's checks? I'm like, oh boy. <laughs> yeah. All right, just bring your phone. Oh, sending Don't postcards, even bring any cards home. Yeah. Wow. Wow. You used to have to wait to develop your photos. Not uh, yes. Sure. <laughs> Not sure. Well, I hope would. these come out. <laughs> I know. I hope now you we can have see my face in this. Now we have the ability to take 900 in yeah. an hour, which I've done. But. I don't know if that's, I mean, it's better in a lot of ways. It's better because it gets more people going. And what I like about it, especially I talk to a lot of other women that want to travel solo. I'm like, this is your safety right here, your phone. It's your, it's your safety net. It does anything you need it to do. Any question you have, it's got the answer. But I think it was a little bit more fun before when you had to figure it out. That's what I loved about Cuba too. The first time, now your phone works there. It's a little less fun, but you used to have to figure it out. It was the first time I used a real map in a long yes, time. But also the ability, I've always loved maps and I was always good with them. Yeah. Um, but that saved me a, a lot of time because you know, when you plan how you're going to go, you have to lay it down and look at it and you go, okay, it'll take a day to get here and we got to plan this out and we can, right. do, we can hit that along the way if we take like a three hour, you know, you know d- detour, whatever it is. But you got to know you that kind of stuff. Know. And people, you know, I know people here, they don't even know, they've lived in this town for 10 years and they don't know how to get anywhere without, without their phone. GPS. Yeah, no, nothing. And they go, I'm uh, south of uh, Santa Monica. Where? Right. And nobody so even is, knows is that what which direction. Way, if that's... Well, the, well ocean the ocean is, is west. Yeah, and you can't figure... Like, come on, really? The you mountains can, are north. It's like, my gosh. I, I feel the same way. And, and, and it does their thinking the, for them, which is dangerous. Part of the fun used to be getting lost. And, and that yeah. was... I mean, that's that held true for the me in Havana. Sure. I mean, I know Havana without a map. And I've only been there three times. But that's, you know, that was also part of the fun of moving to L.A. Well, I was yeah. getting lost and finding cool places. That's how you find the off-the-beaten-path places. That's how you find the fun stuff, the real stuff, the non-touristy versions of the places that you're going. And also just disconnecting. That's one of the reasons we travel, is to leave whatever is here behind and you know, and open up your, some <laughs> what new doors. What is disconnecting anymore? Exactly. And so if you're never really fully doing it, I, right. I think something's lost there. And some people find completely different versions of themselves. 
Absolutely. on parts of themselves they didn't know they had when they leave, you know, and they need they need to find it. They need to get out of where they're at to find it. Well, and I think that's I mean that's why Eat Pray Love did so yeah. well, right? But, but that's it's also like why one people of the joys to, of travel. It's, it's why people tr- move to big cities. Absolutely. And you're your truest self when you don't have anybody else with you that knows who you are. You're able to just kind of figure out who you are. And you're also completely in the present. Absolutely. I'm never more alive than when I'm like or in the moment of when I'm traveling because you're noticing everything. And it's all new and you notice everything. The most mundane thing (laughs) that you would be doing at your own home, you're you're fascinated by watching other people do it. Right. How does he make in the coffee? Look at that. He's doing it all. Yeah. Yeah. It's a weird looking pot. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, you just want people watching and, yeah. and things like that. And yeah, I think that travel's really grounding. And I think if more people traveled, the whole world would change. I don't think there'd be as many wars and all of that stuff. I think it really, truly connects you to understand, be more tolerant, be a better person, be more understanding of cultures and realize just because it's different doesn't mean it's wrong. No way, Valerie. Always wrong. I don't know if you can read the news. Uh, <laughs> we got a big wall coming, and it's just got 10 feet higher, my friend. Oh, my goodness. Um, I know. So when you uh, look around and you look at the map and you say, I'm going to do this for this year, mm-hmm. is it more personal-based, or are you thinking of your brand and your business? I mean, how much of it's pleasure travel and how much of it's work um in the last couple years i've had to start thinking about where i want to go and where my audience might want to go a little bit more when i first started booking this as work it was kind of like well wherever they offered me to go i was absolutely i'd love to go there right because if i hadn't been there i was game and that's kind of the same thing i mean i'm there's i have a long bucket list i've been to many places but just because I've been to a certain country doesn't mean that I feel like I've seen the whole thing. So I have a long bucket list of places I've been to and places I haven't been to. Um, But when I think about branding this year, I've been really focused on um, finding places that, that my audience can, can feel comfortable because I do, my audience is a lot of solo wanting to travel solo females. So I've been really gearing up, focusing on where can you go that you're going to feel comfortable. So, for example, I just came back from Norway. And I I mean, if there's one place I can send anybody and they'll feel comfortable there. Yes, the highest standard of living in the world. (laughs) Right, exactly. Bring money. Bring money. Bring a lot of money. (laughs) (laughs) But other than that, everybody speaks English. Everybody's really, really nice. Uh, Better than us. (laughs) You know, and, and... yeah, it just it, it, there's a lot of places. I, I mean, I'm not a big I'm not a big South America fan to be honest. So I feel like that's something I almost want to tackle because I don't love it. I want to love it. Colombia's on my list this year. I haven't been yet. I've heard I've it's amazing. It. Yeah, I've heard good things. I, everybody loves it. But um no, I just I did Brazil and was never more scared as a solo traveler in my life. And I think I'm pretty like tough. You know, I, I, I put on the tough girl, like, you know, hat and put on my Clemson hat. <laughs> and I went, you know, I went out dancing in Lapa, which is one of the most dangerous places to go out at night. You know, in Lapa, is that in, in Rio? In Rio. Yeah. Okay. I'm t- I went out. Yeah. I can't remember. I was in Leblon. I'm oh, trying I, to think I didn't of, go there. That's a little nicer. Okay. Well, it's I, was, near oh, I was in Rio and okay. it was, I was in Rio. I mean, was, Take a taxi everywhere. Don't walk it more than uh, 
two doors down. I met some people for dinner and the cab was taking us back. And he didn't stop at any red lights. And I was like, how come you're not stopping? It was like, oh, this is where they carjack you. It's like, well, by all means. go." go I know. I had the window down, like cracked. And I was taking a photo. And the driver was like, what are you doing? They're going to reach in and grab your camera. I was like, who's they? He's like, they're going to come by on a motorcycle and grab it. And I was like, well, I had one ring. I didn't even bring any nice joy. I had one ring, my Clemson ring, which (gasps) the only reason I don't have it on right now is because it broke the other day. (gasps) But I had my Clemson ring on. It's the only th- piece of jewelry I never take off. And the woman on the plane from Brazil was lecturing me for 15 minutes about how I was going to be robbed because of my ring. <laughs> oh I was like, gosh. well, this is a great start to my trip. How did you break a ring? Uh, I don't you know. You punched somebody it, in the face. Did so you punch somebody I in did. the face? I did. I knocked someone out. That's right. Um, no, were, they, it, were they from Alabama? Uh, you know, when those Alabama guys start talking a little smack, <laughs> the, the, game, the, the, take Cle- this. the Clemson rings got to leave hook. a little imprint on the <laughs> on their jaw. No, um, it just has some onyx in it, and it wasn't ever, I don't know, maybe it wasn't placed in there, right? It, it literally just fell out. Oh, like the stone. The stone just fell out. It's okay. It's guaranteed for life. Mm-hmm. So I just need to mail it back. Okay, you know but. what's next? Tattoo. A tattoo? Just put the, the, the ring tattoo? tattoo. Yep. Oh, I think that's a little intense for me. Yeah, no, no, I mean, I know like there's a lot of people with Clemson tattoos. There's a lot of people with travel tattoos. But I don't <laughs> I don't know that I'm going to dedicate my body to any of that stuff. I, can't, I don't have any tattoos. No, there's, me either. I'm I can't of, think of anything I wouldn't I put on there and not regret 10 years later going, why was I thinking? Why I changed that? my why mind it? way too yeah, much. Yeah, me too. Me too. I mean, the only thing that I could say I've never changed my mind on is maybe skiing. But what am I going to do? Get a pair of skis tattooed on my hip? Or travel, you know, yeah, put travel. the globe on there or something. Uh, very, very passport. unique. <laughs> a passport. <laughs> a passport. <laughs> In case I ever forget mine. Here, right, this, yeah, look at this. This, this works. Lift Just up put your a shirt. Hey, look at here. that. <laughs> uh, if you had, uh, you said, yeah, your bucket list. What about your, give me your top three. Top three. Antarctica. Oh, I was just there last year. Okay. I did so a cruise. I still haven't been. Which cruise did you go with? This was uh, high end. This was Seabourn. I was okay. working on it. Well. So it would have been like $30,000 if I hadn't. This is any, all inclusive. If like, anybody's listening. Yeah. <laughs> TrustedTravelGirl.com. She wants to go on a cruise. I recommend it. Uh, how was Drake's passage? Uh, we had smooth going down, rough coming back. Did you get sick? Uh, no, but I had to perform on maybe the roughest night. I had to do my show that night, and it was, I posted video of it, uh, just like waves going over the window. Oh, and, I'm going to have to check this out. Oh, I've heard I'll, it I'll can it be you. brutal. It was, it was tough. Um, I'm fully prepared, though. I don't get seasick, so I'm ready to, like, I'm ready to do this. I just, it just has to be a work trip for me, because I'm not going to pay $15,000 to oh, go. Oh, no, yeah. No, you, you can't. Yeah. It's, it, it was a lot. It was a lot. But um, you would also, the word to the wise, anybody out there, and I've mentioned this before, but if, you, if your ship is over 500 people... 500 passengers, you can't get off. So luckily, ours is about 450. So that's one so, of the big questions that you do have to ask when you go, is you have to ask how much time you're going to get on land yeah. and, and off if, the boat. And so the big ships, you just see it from the ship. Right, so exactly. You'll never, so it's not worth going. Yeah, um, I agree. So if you can go in the smaller one. And luckily, ours was, so we got to take little Zodiac boats, and we'd go off and walk around the penguins, and the penguins are all waddling up to you. That's amazing. Yeah, they're really cool. Oh, it's my really goodness. Nice. I, it's such a dream. And it's kind of been weird. I know a lot of people that have been going and have said it's strangely warm down there. Oh, yeah. I've, I've seen, I mean, 
That's a whole other. Yeah. When I was in thing. Norway, it was only 30 degrees and I was up in the Arctic Circle. Oh. So that was weird to me as well. I've done the same ship in Alaska the last three years and we go to the, Men- uh, the glacier, Glacier Bay and the main one noticeably receded like a lot. And it's, uh, I even asked the rangers who've been up there for like 25 years. I was like, this, am I crazy or is this like, they're going, no, we've never seen it. If you're going to go now, go, go now, folks. Yeah. Yeah. I was in Kilimanjaro and they said, uh, you know, the glacier up there, the snows have receded. It's going to be gone soon. In about 30 years, maybe they think it's no, there won't be any snows up there. Yeah, I've heard that. It's crazy. It's rough. And as a diver, I'm a scuba diver. I am too. The the reefs, what I've seen in the last 25 years, the reefs around the world it's heartbreaking yeah i dive i try to get a dive in everywhere that i go or everywhere that i can dive and it's been really sad some of these places are just totally dead yeah you're looking at white rock gulf the gulf of mexico is like and a lot of the caribbean is just oh the caribbean i haven't seen anything alive there the colors are gone and then there's uh very few fish you know i went to Zanzibar, same kind of thing. Everybody's saying, oh, you're going to see tons of stuff. It's like, there was no fish down there. Yeah, no. It's completely overfished. And I don't know. It's heartbreaking. Speaking of that bucket list, I would say maybe the second thing on my bucket list. I I was going to say safari. So we'll say safari, but then we'll skip to three. would be going back to the Komodo Islands to dive. Okay. I've never been. It is... It, oh my god! I want to go to Palau the, to dive. Some so. of the things that I was seeing down there were things that you see little tiny pieces of in in other parts of the world, and you go, "Oh, I didn't know they grew that big." Like what? The coral. It was oh, just great. Some of the pieces of coral, just one piece, would go on and on and on. Oh, I got to do that. Yeah, it was really cool. Was this a press trip? It was. It, oh, it was. Yeah, nice. I think that was my first year that I started taking press trips, and it was with Indonesia. Oh, lovely. But you got to be careful, man. Some of, this, some of that dive gear did not work. Oh, man. I mean, I w- one girl jumped in and she went straight to the bottom. Oh, no. <laughs> she, didn't, she didn't check her PC first. So on, the, on a trip I did in Asia, I dove in, well, in 2011, I, was, I left for like six weeks. And uh, I went, no, three months. I left for three months. And I started in Israel. So I dove in a lot. Amazing. And that was where, again, like the reef's been really over, overcrowded. But they had me sign all these. They made me do a refresher dive. I'm mm-hmm. like advanced open water. Like, oh, if you haven't gone in the last year, and everybody says that, but they don't. I'm the girl that always needs the refresher. Oh, uh, okay. But I almost they, died scuba diving, actually. You asked what? about my scary travel thing. I didn't where? even think about this. Um, key, uh, Isle Morada in the Keys. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it. I was down on... Eagle something, wreck dive, something like that down there. And I had just gotten my open water. And I just went diving with this company. And they're like, oh, yeah, you'd be fine to do the wreck dive on da-da-da-da-da. It's 100 feet. I'm not certified. No. Then I come back to my instructor. I'm like, why did I think I was certified to go 100 feet? And they said there was a bad test question on my test. A bad test. I don't know. They told me I was certified to 100 feet, but I was not. <laughs> and I'm down there and I blew through my I blew through my tank of air. Sure. And so they're asking everybody how much air. I'm the only person that starts with a one. <laughs> like, all right, we're going to bring you back. So they, I'm realizing something, something's wrong when they start separating me from the group. <laughs> and so they bring me back over and they, they leave me with another group that's go- going up. So I'm, I'm on this line on my way up going all right and now i'm starting to panic because i'm going 
all right, I, I don't know where I'm supposed to take my safety stops. I wasn't supposed to be left alone. <laughs> and this guy looks at my, you know, he, he looks at my air and my air's fine. I had seven or 800 pounds and okay. I'm already on my way up. So it's fine. I'm at 85 feet, something like that. And, uh, and he's doing the share air signal to me and I'm, going oh my god he's breathing fine i'm breathing fine what's going on what's happening behind because all your stuff is behind yeah. you your tanks behind you uh, what's going on what can i see what can i not see so he's telling me to share air so i take he's i take his air he's telling me to share air. i take it i'm now i'm attached to this strange man <laughs> uh-huh. basically i'm like basically like cuddling with him sucking out his mouthpiece yeah and uh so i've got his his backup he actually had a pony tank so i'm like okay. but i'm attached to him because this pony tank's attached to him and i'm going this guy must not have been telling me to share air he must think i'm weird so i give his air back take mine back and i'm breathing and he's doing it again and i'm like oh my god what is ha-? so now i'm in a full panic and I let go of my air before I grab his, which is a big no-no. You're not supposed to do that. But I'm panicking, and I'm I'm very confident, and I think I'm fine. So I go to reach for his. Surge comes by. I couldn't reach it. By the time I went to get his air, I didn't clear it when I thought I did, and I sucked in seawater at 85 feet underwater. So now I'm drowning 85 uh. feet underwater because I just inhaled seawater. So I try to stay calm, cough it up, because you can... I mean, if you're not a diver, if you are a diver, you know, if you're not not a diver, you can puke in these things. I mean, you can, so I'm just keeping it, keeping the thing in my mouth, trying to cough it up and uh, nothing's going in or out either way. So I'm like, I'm going up. So I give them the going up signal and everybody goes, no, you're not. I had five people hold me down while I went up. And so it looks like my computer, it looks like I, uh, it looks like I'm good. I'm good to go. You know, they, it took three minutes while I was drowning to come up to the surface. I couldn't breathe the entire time. And everything starts to go white. I actually thought I was going to die. And I come up to the surface and I cough. I coughed out all the water once I got to the surface. And they're like, is she bent? Does she have the bends? And if you don't know what the bends is, it's decompression sickness when you come up too fast. So they check the computer. They're like, no, she's not bent. She's fine. Well, a couple hours later, I'm sitting on the beach. I'm like, my head and knees hurt. And what they didn't account for was the fact that I wasn't able to exhale the nitrogen. Mm. So I drove myself to the hospital and spent the night in the decompression chamber. Oh. It's okay. They ordered in Chinese. Oh, that's... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Where was this? Uh, this was in Isle Morada. Oh, they actually took really good care of me. Oh. Gosh. Yeah, but it was it was uh, you know. So now that's I'm the scary. girl that's like, I'll take the refresher. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, no, like in a lot, they maybe do everything, and it was really expensive, and it, it was it wasn't great. And then, <laughs> yeah, I feel like that could be a good scam. Yeah, and by the yeah. end of the by the end of the trip, I had gone, I dove in uh, Vietnam, and and by the time the last dove I dove, last dive I did was in the uh, the Philippines. And by the time uh, I got to the, the Philippines. Philippines, they didn't even ask me for my certification card. I went from like signing a like a stack signing of paperwork in Israel to the Philippines. We're like, yeah, just take the boat. Oh, when I was diving in the Philippines, <laughs> they were we were on this little tiny rickety old boat, and it was thunder and lightning. And I was like, are we supposed to be out <laughs> yeah, right. here? They're like, it's fine. Hey, what'd you think of the dive down there? I did. Did you go to El Nido and Coron? No, I was in. Uh, uh, in Dumaguete, which was, you know, kind of near Cebu. Okay. Oh, yeah. Beautiful there. Yeah. They have um, in the Philippines and all over kind of Asia, those blue starfish. 
Oh, yeah, yeah. Which yeah. are like one of my favorite things to see when I'm diving. <laughs> I think they're so cool. They look like they're out of a cartoon. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So there, uh, your diving is a bucket list? Da- yeah. Going back to go diving down, okay. in, down in Indonesia and then a safari, which I'm like the lamest travel blogger ever for not going on a safari no. yet. No. But uh, I haven't done it. Yeah. It's. You will. You will. Waiting. No. Yeah. We want to see the big five. Yeah. The. Um, Give me three places that you're okay if you never go back to. Uh, Brazil, I love the people. I love you guys, but I don't really want to go back anytime <laughs> soon until uh, maybe I feel a little safer. Um, I want to go back to Japan because I didn't love it. And I think I'm the only really? person that didn't love Japan. Like, I've been to what Tokyo it? and I loved it. Was it too many lost in translation moments? You were just Honestly, wandering around? Yes. And no, I just it could be a lonely place. I mean, you I feel could left not, out. Nobody speaks English. Well, they do, well, they but do. they don't want to because they're embarrassed. Yes, because it's and they not apologize perfect. all the time. Oh, I'm so sorry, my yeah. English is no. Please, yeah, just please, please speak English, please. I and know they two won't. words in Japanese. Yeah, please. they'd rather they'd rather not embarrass themselves. So yeah. that kind of stung for me. I wasn't really ready for that. I found China easier than Japan, which shocked me. I haven't been to mainland China yet. Oh yeah. Where like, should I go? Give give us some advice. Ooh. Um, well, I gotta I, see Beijing and Shanghai. You do sure. absolutely. I went a little out outside Shanghai to this bamboo forest. It was it was really weird, but it was just getting there was like its own experience in itself. It was really fun. Um, I think it was called Anji or Anjia, um, Westlake. And then I want to go back and go to Guangzhou and uh, Xi'an. Yeah, I want to see the Terracotta Warriors. Yes, and then near there is a place called Wudangshan that I'm dying to go back to, which if you've seen the... Um, the new Karate Kid, with, well, not like super new, but with Will Smith's son, Jaden Smith. I haven't seen it. Okay, so if you watch the new remake of it, they go up to this beautiful mountain. And that was how I figured out what it was. Yeah, I was like Googling, where is this mountain? And it's just this Kung Fu mountain outside of Xi'an. <laughs> Kung <And> Fu Mountain? <laughs> oh, I'm like, I gotta go to Kung Fu Mountain. <laughs> it is so cool. Everybody it's, was Kung Fu Mountain. I, that was the first thing that came to of my course. mind, too. Did they actually call it Kung Fu Mountain? Um, it's called Wudang Shan, but I think it's where Kung Fu was invented. Okay. But don't, do not quote me on that. I guess. All right. Don't hold me to that. Is this where, this was in that place where they shot Avatar, right? Those, it's almost like those hanging mountains, oh. those crazy cliffs. I thought Avatar was done on a green screen. No, but they, there's parts of it. It's um, oh, I don't know. It's either they shot some exterior at Kung Fu Mountain. No, Kung we Fu we Mountain. definitely have to go now. No, it's based on this famous park in uh, China that looks like that. Oh, okay. Well, that's probably it then. Yeah, we should go. We should go okay, to Avatar totally. Mountain. Well, if if <laughs> we're talking about language, um, I haven't been to main. I've been to Taiwan and, and Hong Kong, but I haven't been to mainland China. So how is it getting around with, without knowing Chinese? Did you have a guide at least? I heard it's, that's one place that's helpful. Yeah, yeah. Well, I did a little bit of study abroad there. So some of it was, I had gotten there early and then I had, had explored a little bit on my own. Um, so some of it was obviously guided because I was doing um, a business class abroad. Okay. But the part that wasn't, it was tough, but it wasn't that bad. I mean, if you if you have Google Translate on your phone, you can kind of do anything. But as far as like telling taxi drivers where you want to go and stuff, you like really have to like circle the place on a map, like in Chinese. Um, but yeah, no, I didn't. I kind of found it like to be challenging, but in a fun way. It wasn't scary. Like everybody, you know, wants to help you. They're did, nice there. <laughs> did you get sick? 
I did not get sick. No. Okay, that's no, no, pretty no, no. common there. I got really sick last time in Mexico, and that's the only time I've ever been sick. Really? And not, I eat everything. I eat street food everywhere. Not even in Egypt. You didn't. No, get, I didn't get wow. sick there. I didn't get. India? Sick. Have you been? I haven't done India, but Nepal, oh, I, I didn't there. get sick. So. Oh, I okay. Which is close. I haven't been to Nepal. I want to get. Nepal yeah. is one of my yeah. Nepal is one of my favorite countries. It is beautiful. What about it? Do you like? Um, probably the part that's probably like going to India, like all the different textiles and little knickknacks you can buy. I bought, bought this, um, amazing giant like jewelry box with elephants on it and it's hand carved and it's, oh my gosh, it's gorgeous. It's one of the coolest things I've ever picked up on my travels. And I don't know how I even fit it into my suitcase. Are you a shopper? I'm not a big shopper. No, not at all. But like, uh, I'll buy, I started doing the magnet thing for a little while. One of my, I had a roommate that was a um, flight attendant and she put up all these magnets one day and I had a couple. I got a So I put up a couple magnets. Don't look in the kitchen. And then I was like, (laughs) I've got to beat her in the magnet game. So it was like this unspoken magnet war. And I mean, in the end, I obviously, I beat her, but. (laughs) (laughs) Take that. Flight attendant. Yeah. But it was, um, yeah, no. So so I started picking up magnets because I figured they're easy. And as long as they're away from my hard drive, I don't have to worry about them like doing any damage. They're very packable. Yeah, they're super packable. I'm always really careful to keep them away from my computer, though. I don't know if that's still a thing, a magnet like erasing your hard drive. But I'm that's my one thing about the magnets. They're so small and weak. I, mean, I don't know. I hope, yeah. Just don't trust Now anything. you got me paranoid. Yeah, keep them away from my SD cards, like <laughs> yeah. all that stuff. Is there, um, for people who are thinking of doing what you're doing, and there's a lot of people out there doing it, mm-hmm. how has even travel blogging changed in the last five years? And what would you do differently? And what advice would you give to people who are thinking of starting yeah. one? Uh, well, what I would do differently is have a plan. When I started, I was just like, I guess I'll write some stuff that I know. And I've always looked up to Brian Kelly from The Point Sky. I mean, to me, he's like the OG, like, mm-hmm. you know, original travel blogger. Um, so I took inspiration from him and he would just, like, I mean, his website is just such a crazy amount of information and like such an amazing resource that I was kind of like trying to do everything and I was all over the place until I really narrowed it down. And I was like, I'm a solo female traveler that likes to get off the beaten path. And that was that was my niche. But now I think you have to go even deeper if you're going to do this. Because when I started, like I said before, there was no, I mean, obviously there were so, solo female travel travelers and travel bloggers. But now, I mean, that's everyone. It's everyone on Instagram. There's a bajillion of them, of us. Yes, there is. So if you're go- if you are a solo female traveler, it does not make you different anymore. You have to figure out what your niche is, what makes you different. And a lot of women have found that with women of color or um, for, I know one girl that's done it. She's started a diving thing for women, women who dive or girls who dive. Um, and so now it, it has to be, it has to be that specific because if you're not that narrowed down, you're never, you're never going to make it to the first, second or third page of Google. Mm-hmm. And if you're not being found, you're never going to make it. And so I think that that's so important. And the other thing is I would learn SEO. Before I ever even made my website, buy your website name, save it. You have a great idea. Awesome. Write down whatever articles you're going to write, like save them for later. Figure out SEO first. 
because search engine optimization because if you search engine optimization is basically i mean the easiest way to describe it it determines whether or not anybody's gonna find you on google it talks about what it's whether or not you're googleable there's keywords and so things and right so if i'm trying to find things to do in rome i'll type in things to do in rome but if your article is uh something that nobody Googles, you're never going to be found. And if you're also, if you're typing in, if you're going for the keyword things to do in Rome, you've got to make it more specific unless you're a top travel blogger because you're Mm. never going to make it. So it's so important to learn and understand that. Otherwise, you're just treading water. And I've had to go back even recently and learn SEO. Luckily, Instagram sustained me and helped me gain an audience but i mean social media is tough to break into now so you've got to you've got to kind of be a jack of all trades and you've got to figure out you know what the end game is and what your purpose is and what you know and you have to you have to be an expert because if you're not an expert on whatever it is you're talking about and the person that's reading your article knows more than you do they're not going to come back what uh getting to social media what are your thoughts on instagram Twitter, Facebook, and Snapchat, and everything else that's out there, and YouTube. From and an industry else. perspective? Yeah. I mean, where do you, how much do you utilize it? And do you think it's going to be different even a year from now? Yeah, I do think I've already seen it changing. I mean, every week <laughs> the algorithm seems to change. That's a scary thing. It's get- terrifying because Instagram is one of my biggest sweet spots. Um, which has been fun because I love photography. So it's really been such an amazing medium. And I think there's nothing out there that influences anybody to travel to a place or buy a product the way that Instagram does, because a picture really is worth a thousand words. And, um, but as far as from an industry perspective, I wouldn't put all your eggs in the Instagram basket or the Facebook basket, because it's, unless you have and a ridiculous amount of money to promote every post they're getting buried. So I think in a year from now, I think you're going to see a new platform and I don't know what that's going to be. I don't have like the inside scoop on all the up and coming platforms, but I think everybody's ready for, for a change. I think everyone's sick of, I mean, I've had to delete people that I follow even friends and put them on, you know, a separate account because I can't, I'm not even seeing any of the travel people, you know, I'm, I, everybody's buried in my, in my feed. Yeah. And I'll go be like, Oh, I haven't seen so-and-so post. And I'll go to, um, one girl that I like, I like round the world girl. And I was like, okay. Oh, I haven't seen her post. She was has a guest she not here. Been, oh, I love her. She's great. Yeah. And I was like, has she not been posting? And I went and the, uh, there she was, she was just buried in my feed. So mm-hmm. unless somebody's like seeking you out, sometimes you might not be showing up. I know it's it's um, it's frustrating. As much as I try to catch up, and it's like, well, in a year, it's going to be something else. I know. And then My, I mean, when they changed, I think it was like last year, the algorithm. It was like overnight, all of a sudden, you get half the engagement. Yeah, no, nobody was around. Well, I haven't been getting nearly the amount of engagement that I should, and then I posted a baby elephant photo the other day. Oh, and then that's okay. And then everything changed. <laughs> so bikini, baby bikinis and baby elephants, but I mean, I'm See, not posting bikini photos, so you're I not? guess I. No, but I guess I but just like have th- to go on a baby elephant trip in order to get Instagram to like me again. Well, 
<laughs> Never fails. <laughs> Chimpanzees are always good. Okay, too. there we go. The orangutans didn't yeah. really do it. Neither did the Komodo dragons. <laughs> Apparently, small they're not chimps. cute enough. Small chimps. <laughs> the um, but you mean it's got to be worse for you because I mean I'm taking these meetings and there's you know they want to know your social media following and all this other stuff, but I, on something like Instagram, I find it hard to. How do you compete with a, a girl in a bikini who's been doing this for five years and has a million followers? And I said, well, first of all, if you want that, That's we're, we're in a different I'm not a business. girl in a bikini. We're in a different business. <laughs> but, you yeah. know, in, in, for you, it's a much different thing, you know, because you might go out for the same jobs. Right. You know? No, and I do. And um, I think what makes me stand out and what makes brands stand with me is that I have a unique point of view and I have a unique... Uh, perspective and I share that with my audience and I've become an authority on on what I have to say and that's why it's trusted travel girl I'm like that type of person that won't I keep my mouth shut unless I actually know what I'm talking about because I don't ever want to be wrong I want to always be right <laughs> so I get, I'll really champion my opinion if I know that I'm right but um so so I think you know the, they know that I'm somebody that is going to give an accurate description of the place I'm going or the product or whatever it is. Um, and I really have to believe in it and love it myself. And as opposed to some people just, just are like, Oh, they'll pay me. So I'll post, um, or some people like post inaccurate information. So I think that that's really what's made me stand out. Um, as far as beating the Instagram algorithm, I don't, I don't have an answer for that. I, I was lucky I got in early. Um, I mean, people do like giveaways and things like that, but that's, you know, I don't, I don't even know. I don't, I don't know. I don't know if that's helping anybody anymore. Right. So I think, um, honestly just post good content, be authentic. And if you have 5,000 people that are super engaged, that's better than 50,000 that are just mildly entertained by what you do. Right. So this is where you get into all your plugs. Mm-hmm. Where can people find you? Give all your uh, trusted travel girl across the. All right, so you can everything. find me at trustedtravelgirl.com. That's trusted, not trusty. People think I'm saying trusty. <laughs> um, Instagram, I'm at trusted travel girl. On YouTube, it's trusted travel, no girl. And on Twitter, it's trust travel girl. That's another thing too. You guys, if you want some good advice, like make sure whatever your name is fits into all the handles because right. I don't know how many pod care- on Twitter. I couldn't get the cast. <laughs> yeah. I couldn't, I couldn't get everything on Twitter either. So it's trust <laughs> travel, trust travel girl on Twitter and it's facebook.com backslash trusted travel girl on Facebook. Great. Well, mm-hmm. um, finally, what do you think all this travel and, and, where you've been and all these places, how has it changed you as a person? How has it changed how you look at the world? And where do you see your life headed? Well, um, in short, I hope I see my life headed to a travel show and a TV near you. We're putting it out. Putting it out there. I've been working on it for five years, man. So (laughs) this is the year. Um, Where, how has it changed me? I mean, I don't want to say travel makes you a better person, but I think it makes you just a better all-around person. It's made me... It's made I, want, I, don't, I don't want to say it, but I'm going to say it right here. I mean, I just... I, I think that's the, the easiest way to put it. it. It's made me more tolerant. 
Um, it's a big deal nowadays. We yeah, need a lot of that. It's made me a lot more tolerant. Doesn't mean I'm not, you know, a pain in the butt sometimes, but I'm a tolerant when it comes to cultures and and I'm a curious person. So I think that, you know, I, I always ask a lot of questions when I'm traveling and I've learned a lot about cultures, which makes you, you know, realize it doesn't matter um, what you believe in. There's no right or wrong. There's not full countries filled with people that are just wrong. It's just different. Um, I think it's made me more humble and it's definitely taught me something I've been really bad at my whole life, which is patience. Um, I can sit on like a 17 and a half hour flight. Like it's nobody's business now. I'll just sit there. I'm patient. I'm patient when it comes to waiting in lines. I'm patient with (laughs) people, not always, but you know, working on it, um, which comes in handy here in LA. Yeah. (laughs) Um, but traffic. Yeah, absolutely. No, it's just, I I mean, I think it's just made me a more understanding individual and like, what more could you ask for? Like, uh, like why not get to know the world that you're living in? You only get one chance at this. You only get one trip around, you know, so as as far as we know, at least as, (laughs) as who you are today, um, you know, you only get one trip. So like make, make, you know, make it a big make trip. It, make it a good one, and <laughs> and you know, get to know the place that you call home, which is planet Earth. Like, go get to know all these people. Like, why, why the heck not? Yeah, I, and I think that's you know, I think that's what's sorely missed about Bourdain and his show is if there's anybody that brought tolerance and understanding, and you know, just humanizing other cultures, it was it was him. So I think like if if you enjoy that show, go travel. You'll probably be a better person. <laughs> right. Or we wait for your show. Yeah, there you go. That's you right. Know, Trusted can... travel girl around the world. I like it. I like it. It's a good deal. And if someone, you know, if your backpack is stuck, <laughs> keep your eyes open. Yes, yes. Don't date a guy who gets his backpack stuck in <laughs> metro doors. <laughs> well, thanks for doing this. This is thanks awesome. Thanks for having me. This was a lot of fun. Cool. We want to close on a t- Clemson cheer. One, two, three, four. Do you have a cheer for us? Yeah, uh, we do, but like... Uh, How does it go? One, two, three, four. One, two, three, four. C-L-E-M-S-O-N-T-I-G-E-R-S. Fight, tigers, fight, tigers, fight, fight, fight. <laughs> feel like a nerd. <laughs> Perfect way to end. Perfect. Thanks. All right. <laughs> Same boy I used to be